Welcome to Explorations of the Heart and Soul, guided meditations by Australian Zen teacher Andrew Tutel. Find out more at ordinarymind.com.au. Andrew's Zen teachings are made possible by donations from people like you. So it's interesting that um, <clears throat> sometimes we um, get this kind of we we may be we we may feel that we don't match up to the expectations of what a, um, a spiritual person should be um, if we feel hurt maybe and um, so we explored that topic and. Um, and I think it's helpful to question those kinds of assumptions. So um, just be in this talk, really just, just, just encouraging you to, to, to kind of question those assumptions of being some kind of perfect um, spiritual person who doesn't get hurt. It actually got me thinking about a talk that in one of Joko Beck's books, I think I, I can't remember which talk it is and which book it's from, but um, there's a talk where she talks about, is it, is, is it ever possible to be hurt by somebody or something? And of course, from the, what she called, like from the absolute perspective, from the perspective of non-duality or from the perspective of the, the fact that there is really no, any, no substantial self or other, and I guess from that perspective, it's, it's not possible to be hurt. Uh, but... Look, from our kind of the place where we normally live in the relative world of self and others, then the, the, pr the process of getting hurt is something that um, happens on a, on a regular basis. And, um, and, and given that that's the place we normally live in most of the time, I think, it's, um, I think we need to approach this from a slightly different perspective. But, um, but firstly, you know, uh, just briefly, what is this thing we call the self again? And uh, at th this point in time, I tend to see it as a, as a tripartite structure, which we experience as a process. So the first, the, 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 the first kind of self we could talk about is the, what we might call the core self or the inner self. And that is the self of our feelings, our memories, our imaginings, our thoughts. And that is, that's where we feel hurt. We feel hurt, that's the feeling we are experiencing as part of our core self. And that which is aware of the feeling, we could call the I. Um, so there's a sense of doubleness there in which the, um, we're feeling hurt and we're also aware of feeling hurt. Sometimes if it's very intense and very overwhelming, we might, not, we might lose that sense of doubleness. But most of the time we can be aware of feeling hurt. So you've got this sense in which there's the me, which is that sort of flow of feelings and images and memories and imaginings and thoughts. And then there's the, the self that is aware of all of that. And they go together. I don't think you can separate those two. Um, and then there's probably a third dimension to the self, which you might call the social self or the sense of identity. And... Uh, 
that's where other people view us or we might view ourselves as a man or a woman or neither or we might view ourselves as a certain occupation certain age um, we might even identify as a citizen of certain nationality we might identify with certain social causes and so on and um, so it's inter interesting interesting to explore the sense of hurt um, from this sort of perspective so in our practice in our daily practice i would really encourage you to explore what it means what what what, what, what is it this feeling hurt just kind of like just explore it in your direct experience and uh, don't take my word for it or anybody else's word for it but just see what it's like for you and see what insight you can get into it but generally speaking it's kind of like the sense in which we identify with the feeling and uh, the feeling can be you know like words can have a, a huge impact it's not the case that you know that sort of nursery rhyme where you know words can never hurt me often words do hurt us and uh, and um, the associations with those words and they might trigger a memory and there's a there's a familiar feeling of, that comes out uh, from the past of feeling ignored or not not existing or um feeling embarrassed or humiliated and these feelings come up and they come up so quickly we really don't have any choice over it that's another important thing to note and uh you know with so we can also you know identify as i said it could be part of our social identity maybe someone criticizes us criticizes Australians and we feel hurt by that or something. There's, there's kinds of different pathways in which this feeling of hurt will come up. So it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting just to try and catch the arising and falling of this experience, this feeling of being hurt. Um, so what is wrong with that? And, and do we have a choice over it? Um, and in answer to, to those two questions, you know, I feel there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And, and, and I doubt we have that much choice over it. I think it happens so quickly, it's almost instantaneous. So somebody says something which humiliates me or puts me down. Uh, even if it's unintentional, I still might feel hurt. And, um, and I don't think our practice is about becoming impervious to, to feeling hurt. I think our practice is making us sort of open up and be vulnerable to that and allow ourselves to experience that. But importantly, to be aware of it as it's happening as best we can. So, um, in fact, I think that the feeling of being hurt is essential. To understand that feeling of being hurt is, is essential to actually that this, this precept in Buddhism, which is about talking respectfully. I don't think we can learn how to, how to speak respectfully unless we understand how it is that words can hurt people. How words can, we can use words to put ourselves down or we can use words to hurt other people. Or sometimes it may be intentional, but words are powerful and they have huge impacts. And I think the, uh, the, the our direct experience of feeling hurt gives us the ability to empathize with others and uh, Hence, to be able to adjust and and to to, to 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 be more conscious of the way we speak about others and ourselves, and uh, 
so that we, you know, we, we try as best we can to adhere to the basic Buddhist principle of doing no harm. So coming back to my friend and the, the conversation that I was having with my Buddhist friend, and um, you know, where that person was concerned that he, you know, they weren't able to let go and they weren't able to forgive, but it wouldn't have been genuine to let go and forgive at that time for that person. But I don't think we have to feel not a Buddhist if that's what we're experiencing. Um, so. What we actually focused on instead, and what I focused on instead in the conversation, was not so much the feeling of hurt, but actually the fact that this person didn't retaliate. And um, and I thought that was really important to take note of. Um, and I think that um, the possibility, I think there's more of a possibility of a choice in not retaliating after we've been after we feel hurt. Um, I think uh, as long as we maintain that ability to be aware of the hurt, have some a little bit of distance from it, uh, I think we can have a choice in the way we respond to it. And uh, it gives us an opportunity to refrain from speaking harshly or judgmentally or disrespectfully in return. And I think that's, uh, that's, that's very, very important because um, that again comes back to the Buddhist precept of um, speaking respectfully. Um, so, sort of like to conclude, I think our practice helps us to be able to experience our feelings and accept them and contain them. But it doesn't mean to say that when we ex when we practice zazen, we're not going to feel hurt. And um, I do believe, from my own personal experience, it does give us the opportunity to refrain, though, from retaliating in some kind of way. And by not retaliating, we uproot the possibility of any karmic consequences. We interrupt the cycle of disrespect and create the possibility for reconciliation and dialogue. Um, so that's, that's a big topic, and that's all I'm going to talk about today. Um, so we'll now go into a meditation. Um, and so we'll start off in silence. So once again, coming back to the body, coming back to the body sensations, coming back to the breath. And we'll just go into silence for a while now.
So simply by being with our sensations and experiencing our sensations, we're developing the practice of being with our feelings. Albeit some sensations are more simple than others, a little bit less complex than feelings, but the practice of just sitting with sensations and feeling them is a really good practice. It's one of the central practices that Joker Beck taught. so that we're experiencing the sensation but crucially we're also aware of being aware of experiencing the sensation and that makes all the difference in other words we can almost like cultivate a way of relating to ourselves and relating to our feelings because of that And this is also the case with sounds as well. If somebody starts up a lawnmower or a dog starts barking, are we experiencing the lawnmower sound and the dog barking? Or are we experiencing the sound colored by our judgment of the sound? And that makes all the difference as well. Do we get upset and irritated because of the dog is barking or do we just hear the barking sound? These are all really simple things to explore, but good things to explore in our practice. Which, which create the foundations for the more difficult kinds of emotional hurts that we experience in our everyday lives.
to take another example of a more complex feeling, someone makes a remark which we interpret as being a comment about how overweight we are. And this brings up a whole lot of familiar negative feelings that have been around for most of the time in our lives. Often these feelings are conditioned by the way in which people have viewed us when we were younger. And this, these feelings are very ancient and they come up again and again. And it's not that we want to, it's not that we can stop those feelings from coming up, but we need to work with our sense of identification with those feelings. So we accept the feeling. It's a whole sort of difference between just seeing the feeling as a feeling and being able to be aware of it and totally identifying with that feeling, which is something which has been constructed from the past and the way in which people have judged us and how we've learned to judge ourselves in that way. So it's just simple practice of just sitting with our sensations and sounds prepares us for these more complex tasks of being able to not identify with these negative feelings when they arise.
think practice with feelings is probably one of the most important practices we can do. But of course, when you're practicing with a feeling, it's almost impossible not to also be aware of the, the script or the narrative which often goes with a feeling or the judgment which goes with a feeling. So, you know, if, if, we, if we take that example of the experience of feeling overweight or large or ugly, um, there's a whole lot of scripts or narratives which go with that from the past and which we also identify with. And the two go together. But the more, the more we're able to practice with feelings, we're just creating that foundation, starting to free ourselves from that identification with those negative storylines. <laughs>